0: Hello friends, here we are again for another Constructions podcast, and I would like to talk today about this idea of baptism. Now, I just got back from a church service where our friend Brooke just got baptized. And it was interesting that the manner, or I guess not the manner, but sort of why she got baptized, it wasn't that she just recently got saved. She's believed the gospel for a number of years, and we've known her for a number of years. But as she said the other day that she was going to get baptized because she was baptized once before, but she sort of didn't, she sort of answered the questions just because she knew the right thing to say when she got baptized. But now she's coming at it older, more mature, and much more firm in her faith, and so she was going at it again to get baptized. Now the similar thing, not quite the same thing, but a similar thing happened to my mother. My mother grew up Catholic, and my grandparents uh, were people that, I mean they raised five kids and they were Catholic and they took them to the Catholic church and all five of their kids were baptized as babies. But when my mother went to university, she heard the gospel for the very first time. The gospel of salvation by grace through faith. And so as a result, she wanted to get baptized. And she kind of had a difficult time explaining to her mother, my grandmother, uh, that that's what she wanted to do. Because grandma was like, but you are baptized. You've been baptized. Now, there are, uh, you know, I I know another guy, that a similar thing happened to him. He was sort of baptized as a baby or younger or whatever, and then sort of came back later with as an adult or as a more grown-up person to make a more clear and straightforward decision. So, let's talk about this idea of baptism for a little bit and where we understand it from the Scripture. Now, There's several places that talk about baptism, and I hope you don't mind the crunching leaves under my feet. I record these podcasts usually when I'm out on a walk, and, uh, you know, it'd be like you and I just going for a walk and, and talking about these things. And so just pretend like we're out on a walk, and the woods are up and around us, and... There is a lovely bed of leaves on the ground because it's autumn time and they're a little bit crunchy, but we don't care about that because we're talking about the scriptures and we're learning about who God is. So that's what our setting is right now. So just enjoy the walk for a moment. But there's a couple primary scriptures that we want to look at. And I know in my own experience and people that I have known, uh, another friend of mine was part of a fellowship that had a strong tradition that when a person was baptized, that is, that was like a sealing act to their salvation. It sort of was inextricably linked to salvation. And so baptism basically almost became the thing that saved you. It was sort of the the stamp of approval, I guess you could say, from God. But... It's a tricky thing to walk because there's one passage in Mark that almost kind of could say that if, you know, with the wording and things, and it becomes a bit of a challenge. So I don't know if you're confused about baptism, but in one sense, baptism is a bit like communion in that it is a command given to us that when that we should have communion. We should be baptized as believers. And that the baptism is a physical act. I mean, Brooke got into that pool this morning and shivered with the cold water and got dunked and came up soaking wet. Other, I mean, that happens to anyone who gets baptized. They, they tend to end up soaking wet. So it's a physical thing. It's not like it had any direct bearing on her, her heart or her, you know, it wasn't like it, it was, um, you know, an act of salvation or something like that from an internal perspective. It was a physical act that she went through. And that, but it was a physical act that was in direct response to a spiritual command. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me, therefore go and be, and baptize. Well, let's read it, shall we? Uh, I'm talking about Matthew 28. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So here, the command is to go and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, so a friend of mine that I go to church with, he... We were talking about this, and he, I can't remember exactly how he put it, but he talked about this idea, and I've seen it, and maybe you've seen it as well, when people get baptized, usually the person who's doing the dunking says, you know, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So what does that really look like? I mean, how does that work, to be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? They We say it during baptismal services. I think when my nephew was baptized, the pastor said it. Um, and then as he was going down, he says, "I you're buried with him in death and you're raised again in newness of life. And, and then he was quoting Romans chapter 6, which is another major passage on baptism. But let me suggest to you that our problem and the confusion that I think we sometimes have with this idea of baptism is that we have the word baptize. Now, the word baptize, like the word church, is a... Uh, Well, the word churches and that's the word ecclesia in um, Greek and the word baptize in Greek is just that it's a transliteration of a Greek word. So baptizo Uh, usually it's it's from where it comes from, but it means to immerse. So really we shouldn't even be saying the word baptize the word baptize doesn't have any meaning for us in English from a historical sense, but the word immerse does. If you say the word immerse, you can use it in a number of different contexts, whereas the word baptized tends to be forever sealed in our brains as referring to somebody getting dunked underwater in a church service, or a camp service, or, or a baptismal service, or something like that. So the fact that there are a number of churches that sprinkle babies when they're little doesn't actually fit the word, because the word means immerse. So if you sprinkle a baby, you're not actually baptizing them. They're not being immersed in anything. They're just getting a bit of water flicked on their face. That's not what that word even means. So that in itself is a, uh, a disconnect from the biblical idea. So this does not help us in understanding our, our, our goal of realizing what the word baptize actually means. So the word means to immerse. Now in my own Bible... You could do this in your Bible if you want, but in my own Bible, whenever I come across the word baptize, I cross it out. And I think I've hit almost all the references now. I cross out the word baptize and I write the word immerse next to it, because that's actually what it is. So when Paul talks about being baptized into the death of Jesus, he's talking about being immersed into the death of Jesus. Now, the word immersed we can use in our current English to mean the scope of what the actual Greek word "baptized" means, that we've locked into a one particular meaning. But the word "immersed," we can say, oh, I was immersed into the music of the concert, or I was immersed in this, the light of the setting sun. You know, we can use the term a bit more broad, which is exactly what the Greek word is supposed to be implying. You're being completely surrounded by this thing you're being baptized you're being immersed you're going into it in totality not being sprinkled not being flicked upon not being uh you know whatever not having whatever so it's an immersion so to be immersed into the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit when brooke was baptized this morning she was baptized and in the biblical model she was baptized into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, in the Bible, the idea of name, and in ancient Near Eastern culture, the idea of name carried with it the idea of character. So we still have this in our own everyday usage when we talk about, does that guy have a good name or a bad name? He, we talk about their reputation. So it's like, oh yeah, he's got a good name. He can You can walk into that town and say, oh... I'm the son of Bill, Bill Jones, and everyone's like, oh yeah, old Bill Jones. He's a great guy. He's this, that, and the other, and he's an upstanding member of society and whatever else. If you're his son, then come on in, you know. And you get this sort of uh, leg up in whatever situation because you are the son of Bill Jones, who's a great guy. So you you're riding on the reputation of your dad, or your boss, or your company's good name, or whatever. And so we we talk a lot nowadays about brand recognition. So, you know, when you hear the word Coca-Cola, you expect a certain thing because that's the reputation of that company. It is a fizzy drink company. Uh, You know, Apple is a tech company that makes integrated products that are supposed to benefit your whole life and whatever else. So back in the 90s uh, and in the early 2000s, everyone associated Windows with computers that crashed every five minutes and had to have 10,000 you know, extra bits of software tacked onto them so they wouldn't be hit by viruses and stuff like that. But th- that's called brand recognition. That's called reputation. That's called having that attached to your name. So... Uh, that's what we're talking about. So when you're baptized into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, you are being immersed into the character of the Father, the character of the Son, the character of the Holy Spirit. And these things then are supposed to be what you are fully uh, uh, consumed into. Okay? Does that make sense? So you're like this walking, breathing embodiment of the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, there's always this great challenge there because the challenge is that we're just normal human people. And so even though we are saved from our sin, the consequences of sin, and we're given a new heart, it doesn't make us instantly perfect people. We still have to grow. So Jesus uses the term born again. So when you're born again, you are becoming a new creation you're a brand new baby now babies are babies and there are characteristics to babies that all babies have because babies are babies but all babies are new and unique and then they grow up into unique individual adults so jesus talks about being childlike he says you must be born again he says you must be like a little child uh to enter the kingdom of heaven He says, um, let the little children come to me, for of such are the kingdom of heaven. So there's this joy that God has in little children, babies and little kids. Because they're all wide-eyed, and everything is new and exciting, and they rush to their dad for safety and protection. And that's exactly what God wants us to be like, toward him. But then, Paul talks about being grown up. He says, don't just... Don't just um, subsist off of the milk. You have to desire more than the pure milk of the word. So milk is fantastic if you're a baby. And even full-grown adults drink milk and it's good for you. But you have to move beyond that. You have to be eating your meat and your your solid food. So this is what Paul's message is. It's more about one of maturity. Jesus talks about being a child before God And Paul talks about being mature toward believers, other believers around you. And so you need to be in this sort of dichotomy. You're baptized into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So now you have to live in two different worlds at the same time. You have to be a child before God and always see Him as your protector, as your provider, as your... Uh, shield, as your rock, as your strength, as your source of care and nurturing and wisdom and understanding and all these things. That's like everything that a parent is supposed to be toward a child. And then when you grow up, you move out of the house and you become your own individual. Now you have to be mature in front of the world around you. So now you move into sort of Paul's teaching about being Uh, baptized into his death but raised again to newness of life so as an adult we have to always be thinking about how we can be of a service to other people of how we can help someone walk in their faith how we can carry someone else's burdens all these things that are sort of more adult things you know raising up a family and 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 pointing other people in the right direction and nurturing other people and things like that so, when Jesus says be baptized in the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit, you're, you're taking in all of these qualities of who God is. God the Father is wise. God the Father is the one that we should run to. Uh, Jesus is the Son. He is obedient to the Father. So he's the one that says, yes, I'm willing to walk wherever the Lord would want me to walk so that he could be the one who's glorified. The Spirit is the one that animates what we do and gives us the strength to go above and beyond who we are as people and to have the Lord be magnified through us. And so... These things are all things that Jesus is saying about being immersed into the character and to the nature of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And then Paul comes along and says, "Right. Now that you have grown, now that you are growing up and and learning more from the Lord, walk as an adult and be mature in your faith." and come alongside other people like i come alongside timothy or i come alongside um different churches and guide them and show them the way that they should walk and lead people to the lord uh, as someone who wants their life to be uh, completely transformed by the power of who god is so these are the things that we are after and so it's this interesting balance that we have to walk, childlike before God, but wise and ma- but mature before everybody else around us. And so this baptism thing helps that along, because Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, therefore go and make disciples, baptizing them. So we can rely and trust in the authority that resides in the person of Jesus Christ. And the scriptures teach us who Jesus is and how he functions in that authority. And through prayer, we can walk along with Jesus and see him do some pretty amazing things. And so, you know, I think about different organizations that, are, that have grown up from just sort of small beginnings and that are now... You know voice of the martyrs with um Richard Wormbrand being fourteen years in prison, almost on the brink of death um for many years and suffering, and yet out of that grew the voice of the martyrs ministry. Or you think of uh, Brother Andrew, who would take Bibles into Romania and into Germany and into Yugoslavia and these Eastern countries, and then out of that grew the ministry of Open Doors, which is now, you know, working with the persecuted church around the world. And these people that were very small in their own eyes, but could but saw that God was able to do something much bigger and much greater than them. They did things that to our You know way of thinking is just normal people It's like that's impossible how does that happen but they were immersed into the person of the Lord Jesus Christ they were immersed into the the power of the Holy Spirit and God was able to get the Bibles into Eastern Europe God was able to get Richard Wurmbrand through prison and people saw the Lord at work in his life if you read his books uh brother Yun's another one he was thrown in prison in China And started out as someone who just, you know, prayed desperately for a Bible. And then God brought him a Bible during some of the dark days of China back in the 60s and 70s. But from that grew uh, this guy that is now traveling the world and pointing people to the Lord everywhere he goes. And the Chinese church has grown into something that uh, only God himself can do in the face of the persecution that's there. So be encouraged that when you think about baptism... It's not just a one-off, you're dunked underwater. Maybe you've been baptized and you had that one-off dunked underwater experience, which is necessary and good and important. But that is just the beginning. So you died with Him and then you rose again in newness of life and now you walk immersed into the character of God on a daily basis and so this is really where we should be as believers is looking toward uh, him to say how should i now live my life what should i say to that person how can i let you be magnified in me every single day so god bless you and have a great week ahead thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast if you are challenged and encouraged by what you heard today, please feel free to share it with any friends or family you like. You're welcome to email us at calebtheelectrician@gmail.com. at gmail.com. That's electrician at gmail.com. And remember to leave a comment at iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts.